G'day, everyone, and welcome back to the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you by the Oz American Aces. Uh, we're your hosts, obviously, Josh Dunkley here. Um, we've flipped it over this week. Adzi's joining me over in Perth. How are you, Adzi? I'm well, mates. It's a um, nice little change-up you doing the intro. It's been uh, sick and tired of hearing my, vo- my voice the first uh, couple episodes. Um, well done, mate. Good job. Nah, thanks, mate. We've got plenty to talk about. Obviously, a big week um, of games over in the in South Australia, the gather round, and I thought it was pretty cool to see you over there as well. We actually stayed in the same hotel, which was a bit ironic. Um, talk us through your experience, mate, and how you went. Yeah, it was, it was a um, it was a really cool concept. I, I feel like it's going to be something that's pretty successful going forward. Clearly, you know, the South Australia get it for the next few years. Um, it was pretty cool being able to see, you know. Heaps of AFL players just walking around. We've seen um, a couple of Geelong boys, a couple of Collingwood boys we've seen as well. Um, obviously, you you spoke about you staying there, which is quite funny. Like old days, we sat down and um, watched yeah. the the game, the, well, the night before. Um, I had my peanut butter on uh, on my rolls or whatever it was. <laughs> you laugh about all the time. Um, but no, it was a good weekend. We were able to get out to obviously across the road to, um, you know, where the festival was and, um, you know, we did a clinic down there. Uh, obviously played the game as well. I was trying to run into you at your clinic, which is just up from us because it would have been pretty cool to um, see each other there, but obviously didn't. Um, but no, it was, it was a really, I guess, in terms of rounds and what the AFL were achieving, I feel like it's something that's going to be big going forward um, and something that's cool to be a part of. The game itself obviously wasn't ideal for us. Um, it was, uh, yeah, we've played two weeks in a row now in torrential rain pretty much and, um you know, not that that should impact the result of the game because I felt like we were in it for most of the game. Um, you know, I think we are up by two goals with about 15, 10, 15 minutes to go. And, um, yeah, we really battled in that last 15 minutes, which is really disappointing because um, we put ourselves in a really good position. But, um, you know, kudos to Port Adelaide. They, uh, they really brought the heat, and especially when the game was on the line, they brought the heat quite a bit. And, um, you know, they're a hard team to beat over there. We spoke about that. Last week, where you guys played them, obviously last week, and um, oh well, in round one, and you know they obviously done a really good job on you guys. So yeah, they were they were really good, really, really, really strong side. Um, they're going to be good, you know, come the pointy end of the season. Um, you know, there's plenty of learnings from our game. Great opportunities to to keep improving, especially ball in hand. But um, yeah, something that you know we we love is that we get a you know weekly opportunity. It's a six day turnaround for us, as you touched on just before. We're here in in Perth, um, obviously playing Freo on the Friday. So, yeah, um, you know, looking forward to that game now. We've, we've moved on from the Port game and, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Um, what about yourself, mate? I know I was able to watch a bit of your bit of your game. It started off really um, slowly for you guys, but you're able to obviously, you know, win pretty convincingly in the end. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit disappointing at the start. We obviously know that – we talked about it last week, I reckon, when we were touching on North Melbourne, but – they bring the heat. We know that they're a good team and um, Clarko's done a great job already since he's been there at the helm. So, yeah, I mean, we expected their best and they got the bit of a jump on us early and um, unfortunately we couldn't really stem that flow. But then as soon as we uh, started to defend well, it, it turned for us and um, very similar to the to the Pies, I think, North, the way that they play. They've got that, obviously, like Sheasel sort of plays like Dacos. Um, they like to have the ball in his hands and they like to, you know, chain it out of their back their back half. So if you can uh, defend them well enough and come forward at them and put the pressure on, then you can get some goals um, going the other way. So that's what we found uh, helped us a lot. Um, and then, yeah, obviously winning the ball at the source was important for us too. So getting the, the clearances and the contested ball in our favour was 
was a nice one. So it ended up being a pretty nice win for us um, out in Mount Barker. But, mate, I couldn't speak any higher of the deck and um, the way that it was all ran out there, to be honest. Like, it was an unbelievable ground. The the fans turned up. It rained, you know, before the game, pretty ter- like torrential rain before the game and then post-game as well. It poured down, but during the game it was pretty good. So, very So, no rain. To, uh, no rain at all. No rain at all, mate. It was maybe a little oh. bit of drizzle at the start, but completely, yeah, no rain at all. It was amazing. And we're all expecting like uh, screw-ins and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, none of that. So, we were very lucky, but it was good to get the win, get the four points. Those da- those games are ones you just want to tick off and, and move on. And, um, yeah, we look forward to this week now, obviously playing the Giants. But what was what did you guys – you just did that activation site on the Sunday, didn't you, for your for – your, um, <sighs> Yeah, yeah. So we, we off Saturday. Yeah. And then we went obviously down to the, um, I think it was the Maccas kick to kick, which was really cool. Um, yeah. You know, met several different um, footy fans, which is pretty cool. Um, I still find yeah. it funny that I'm signing, you know, Collingwood jerseys in my old number and um, signing a couple of GW's Giants jerseys, actually. It'd be rude of me not to mention this, but we're obviously one of our good friends, Will Schofield, does his great podcast, The Back Chat, here over in Perth. Um, he's been kind enough to uh, let us use his uh, his great facility here. So hence why my background is a little bit different. There is a Bulldogs jersey right there that you actually can't see, but there's an old school West Coast one. But, um, you know, cheers to to Scoey. He's, uh, he's a beauty for letting us use this. And I know that you are on his potty last year. So I've just done a little, yep. um, you know, a little guest appearance on it. So make sure our Ads and Dunks fans have a listen. But, um, yeah, there was, it was funny that I was signing, you know, some Giants jerseys and some, uh, and some Collingwood jerseys. What about I had a lady come up to me, a pie supporter, and she's got your number seven and on her oh, back. No. And she's like, I need I need your signature next to Adam's here. So I like signed it and put it next to yours. It was pretty funny. First time I was on the Collingwood jumper, came, mate. Yeah, oh, no, she came running over to me and she said, oh, you got to sign this for me. And I seen it, your jersey. Because you you apparently said, oh, that's Adzi's one. I'm going to sign it underneath it. Yeah. Um, but no, that was quite funny. Yeah, it's funny that I still, that good. you know, so I, even when you get the the playing cards, I see playing cards and um, sometimes accidentally I'll, I'll sign like a Giants playing card and I, I do the number one on it and I'm like, oh, geez, it wasn't number one, it was number 17 back then. I did that on Sunday, but we actually did our appearances and stuff with the community on the Friday. So we had captain's run out in Mount Barker and then we all sort of split off there to um, going different groups to do different things, but I was, mate. I I went to the Monado Safari Park, so I got to. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Hanging with, I got to feed a lion like in a cage. It was pretty sick. That's unbelievable. It was unbelievable, actually. <laughs> so like, you drive out on a bus, like you go to the the Safari Park and the, the you know the administration and stuff like that, and then you get on a bus and they take you through all these gates. Like, there's three gates that you got to go through with massive fences, so you can't. So the lions obviously can't get out and they have several different animals there, but we were there for the lion experience and um, I think they call it the lion 360 experience. And, yeah, got to feed the lions and watch them all come up to us and jump all over the cage around us. It was actually insane. And that was one of your appearances? That was my appearance for the for the day. That's so literally I think it was about an, an hour's drive, hour and a half drive from Adelaide. So it was a fair hike, but. Yeah, awesome. Awesome experience and highly recommend it to anyone that's uh, hanging around SA, maybe for next year when you go down there for gather round to watch watch us play. Um, yeah, get out there and, and give it a go. Well, you're a little bit – I know you mentioned how the Oval was in pristine condition. Were you a little bit flat you weren't playing at Adelaide Oval? I know you said – I know we mentioned oh. it last week, but uh, 
But uh, you've seen a couple of the atmospheres for some of the games. Would have been pretty cool to play there. Yeah, it would have been cool to play at Adelaide Oval. Obviously, Adelaide Oval was one of the best grounds in the AFL, I think. Um, personally, you probably mm. say the same. And um, mm. historically, we've we've played as at the Doggies. We played pretty well there. So um, it was always nice to go down there. We obviously played there in round one, and uh, Port Port touched us up a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice, but I also appreciate the community feel and um, sort of took me back to the Ballarat days, mate, when we used to travel down there and, and play at Ballarat yeah. together and um, it was a little bit colder hey, I still in Ballarat. Do. Yeah, well, true, true. But it is a little bit colder in Ballarat than what it was on the weekend in Mount Barker. Yeah, no, it, it did look good. The Oval looked really good. I've seen, obviously, watched the game. Um and they looked like they looked after it really well. The obviously the groundskeepers, which is really good. Um, I think that was a, that was maybe a little bit of a worry when the when obviously the, it was scheduled for Adelaide. But I think they nailed it, absolutely nailed it. And it's it's pretty cool that it gets to be played there now for you know for the next um, three years. Well, if it was going to be played in Adelaide, where do you think? What do you think would be cool outside of Victoria? Which one would you choose? Which state would you choose? Biasly, I'm going to say Queensland, but. I think any other state, like obviously WA would be really good. Their supporters over there, really passionate with footy and, and all that kind of stuff. So it would be pretty good over there, I would think. Um, and then as a as a growth point of view, obviously New South Wales and Queensland are the other two that uh, would mm. be up there as well. I think WA, I think it'd be cool. As you said, the fans, we, we kind of experienced it a little bit, um, you know, when we're in that finals hub and, and throughout that, you know, prelim to the grand final, we experienced – you know, the engagement that the fans um, have with you. And I think it'd be sick. I think they'd love it. And maybe it's just because I'm in the Perth air at the moment and I'm, I'm loving it here at the moment, but I feel <laughs> like uh, it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool um, if the if it was played there in, in a few years' time. But, yeah, I, I feel like it was a massive tick for the gather round. But uh, moving on from that, yeah. we um, obviously there was there was uh, some big games on the weekend and, um, you know, mm. and some big moments. And a moment we want to touch on is uh, the last couple of minutes of Harry Himmelberg. Did you see his uh, his absolute hanger and then his game saving uh, play on the end? Yeah, I did. It's I was watching that game and I was like, Giants, Giants are going to win easily. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hang on a second, they're not going to win. And then all of a sudden, it's they're up and he takes that mark and touches it on the line to get him the four points. But yeah, it was a good game of footy. Did you watch it all? Yeah, I seen I seen the last bit and um, yeah, it'd be right up there as as. In terms of an impact from an AFL like point of view, probably the most clutches two minutes of the last of a last game you've seen. He's kicked the winning goal, and then he's mm. you know saved it, and then he saved the winning opposition winning goal. Yeah, what about um, we didn't really talk about it last week, but Alir Alir that was similar on the line against the Swans, like similar yeah, type thing. Oh, oh yeah, well that's probably another class moment too. I mean, you feel feel sorry for Ollie Florent because uh, I um. From my angle, from the angle that we all seen, it looked like it was going in. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty clutch by Leary Lee to be able to save that. But no, nah, that was um, that was incredible by uh, by Harry Immelberg. He um, he always he always does good things like that. He always takes absolute hangers. I remember the hanger he took yeah. it. Um, I think it was against the Bombers, maybe at the Giants Stadium. Unbelievable. What about? I was thinking about like other games or uh, moments over the years. Do you remember when? Speaking of Adelaide, when Luke Shuey kicked that goal after the siren in that final to get West Coast yeah. through, do you remember that? Oh, of course I do. I was, so I was in New Zealand. I was um, on holiday with Kimmy, and uh, that was the Port West Coast elimination final. It was the one where Shuey got the free kick, and 
controversial yeah. free kick. It was a free kick, yeah. but it, but um, he, that little trick that he does, which which we fall for, I've fallen for that plenty of times, plenty of times. Yeah. Toby McLean is another Toby one, McLean one, special. Our, one of my teammates. Toby <laughs> McLean special, but I remember that goal. It was I, I said to you, I reckon I've said on this potty that Luke Shue is one of the probably if not the the most clutch player in the game. Some of the mm. goals that he's kicked and after the sign, unbelievable. And not just like um, sneak these goals in. These are genuine straight through the middle. Goal up by doesn't move. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable yep. moments. Absolute gun. Absolute gun. But, yeah, that's probably that's probably one of the clutch moments. I think another one I think of is Leo Barry. Remember Leo Barry's mark? Yep. I was a swan supporter then, mate. I mean, it's funny if you actually rewatch that moment. You watch like – Watch it in slow-mo and some of the guys jumping into the pack. Do yourself a favor and like watch. I think it might be Eamon Buchanan. He like tries to cannon into the contest. He doesn't eat like he's <laughs> nowhere near the ball. He just tries to take out the players that are in it so the ball will come to ground, which is pretty funny. But um, yeah, Harry Himmelberg's moment um is one of those clutch moments for the round, I reckon. What about uh, a talking point that's been spoken about, you know, probably quite often this year, but none more now. Than um than the sling tackle, there's been mm. uh you know there's been obviously a couple of players that have been cited and some that may potentially miss. But like, what's your mindset? Because obviously you know you're the tackler out of us two. You lay the more tackle than <laughs> what I do, but um <laughs> that's for sure. But uh but um what's your mindset when you go into it? Because yeah, gone are the days of being able to I guess follow through with the tackle and um you know tackle the guy to the ground. What how do you kind of approach that? Yeah, it's a tough one because when you're in the moment, you're not really thinking about technique. Well, you do have a technique, the technique that you practice at training, but mm. I don't really um, ever get myself into a position where I'm pinning the arm. Like I think that's a big one. If we can maybe not pin arms, like just one single arm and then carry that momentum through, like it's more of an aggression thing rather than just actually tackling. I feel like some guys yeah. maybe – when you get in that moment, you you might be angry or whatever's happening, whatever's going through your mind. What was the last? What happened at the last contest? Type of thing. Like I feel like it's a, it's just probably more of an aggression thing than than it is a technique thing. So for me, um, it's obviously a massive talking point. But I feel like we do have to look after our fellow players and and everyone out there. So to make the game safer, it's probably it is not a bad thing to to try and stamp it out of the game because um, it's due to your care and we want everyone to you know live long and happy lives after or post-career. So we've got to look after that kind of stuff. But, yeah, for me, it's just a simple simple thing. What about you? Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think you're right. I think the duty of care um, is obviously a, a priority and the play you have seen, obviously, with players that have been affected, obviously – you know, Paddy McCartan, who's a, who's a player that is is an absolute star and you just feel for him because of the issues that he's had and the struggles that he's had. Um, you know, I've played with players that have really struggled with concussion. Um, so you can totally you totally understand it and get it. And, um, you know, I can also see the frustration from a player's point of view because, you know, what would have been a great tackle, you know, five or ten years ago now is considered something that you get, you know, potentially miss a game for. Um, but I, But I don't mind that. Um, I don't mind that the duty of care now is there for the player because I think that should be the priority. And I think you can still have an effective tackle with, I guess, without injuring the person or slamming the guy's head into the ground. So it, I feel like it's going to be a bit of a grey area for a little bit um, you know, because there's a lot of inconsistencies, but it's something that I think the players now, well, especially 
I do, and, and I know you do. We're starting to understand it a lot more, and um, you know, understand the way we probably should be tackling. And um, you know, as as you said, duty of care for the player and, and looking after the player that you're tackling. But um, yeah, it's one that yeah. uh, one where got no doubt throughout the year. There's going to be some more coming up. I feel like I feel like you know, or you can control that second action. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the you might be you might be standing there, like you tackle someone, but then if you've got an arm pinned, then you, you just can't dump them into the ground. Like we should, I reckon we can, we can control that as players. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it all transpires. I think Tom Green's actually missing this week. He's accepted his um, one match yeah, yeah. from the Giants. So it's probably not a bad thing for us um, going down there to play him in Canberra because he's one of their main yeah, mates who's, who's very physical and has been going well this year. So yeah, it's obviously a disappointing for him, but um yeah, hopefully we can we can uh, go down there and, and get the win. It'd be nice. Any teams or anything surprise you? I mean, is there a team that you think, wow, like they're flying at the moment, um, you know, surprise you maybe or? Yeah, I watched a bit of the uh, Thursday night game, the Crows mm-hmm. versus the Blues, and the Crows look really good. They look really good, yeah, don't they? I thought, yeah. They um their pressure and their outnumber runs like some of their outnumbering around the ground was insane and obviously Carlton have a great uh, or number of players that can cover the ground really well and um, even their midfield I think uh, yeah they they went on record after the game and said that they were really disappointed with their efforts and stuff like that so yeah Crows look really good I thought that um over the weekend what about you well yeah I'll, I'll back that up I think I think the Crows have. Right now, the inform forward line of the competition, their forward line is that scary. They've got some really mm. good players down there. Um, there's a lot of good forward lines out there, but, yeah, they're, they're clicking and flying at the moment. Um, as you can tell, because there was a lot of up and about South Australian fans over the weekend because both teams obviously won. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think um, the Bombers, I think they've been a lot better than all oh, a lot of people thought um, they're playing a really exciting brand of footy. I mean, um, they're moving the ball really well. It's funny because these teams, the teams that are playing well, a lot of the, some of them have new coaches come in. You can see there's a, it's like a breath of fresh air for the players, and um, you know they they're back to playing the way that they want to play. And and the Bombers, as I said, they they just look free and and playing with a freedom. And um, you know they really took it up to Melbourne, who who are going to be right up there come the pointy end of the season and have been one of the benchmark teams of the competition. So um, they look good. And we we were watching a bit of their game from the sideline because we were playing after them and they look so good. They The way they were able to move the ball, as I said, you know, really aggressively and freely. Um, and when they've got players like, you know, their midfielders, Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt playing and having the influence they are, um, their ruckman, Sam Draper's, um, you know, growing into one of the best ruckmen in the competition. If not, he's already right up there. With Tim English and Maxi Gorn and Brody Grundy, so um, yeah, they were probably a team that um, you know didn't surprise me. But they're now I'm starting to understand. Yeah, they're going to be really good. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. They've uh, they've obviously turned it on. I feel like it's going to be a very even. I th- we probably talked about it at the start of the year, but even competition, like it's going to be very close at the pointy end of the year. So every win you can get and bank is is really important. So um, hopefully we can get a few both of us moving forward, mate. It'd be nice. <laughs> What about uh, Nick Dacos? I mean, his name always gets brought up on now potty because he's a star. I mean, players were – people out there were saying he's not really – I don't know. I don't know what they were saying. I just would see that people would – anyone would try and find anything to bring players down. 
his game on the weekend was probably the best game I've seen him, and he's played already unbelievable games in his two year career, or less than two years, a year and a half, a year and a quarter. Do you reckon he's probably winning the Brownlow? And do you reckon teams probably should start tagging him? First question, yeah, I do think he's probably winning the Brownlow. Like, I, he's <laughs> yeah. obviously talked about a lot and be front of the mind for the umpires. So if he's having over forty touches a game, then uh, there's not many other players that can or would have that much of the footy. So. He's obviously uh, right there in front of him. So, yeah, I probably do think he's winning the Brownlow. He probably got three against us too, to be honest, when we beat him last week. There's a difference between having the ball 40 times and surging it or hack kicking it or getting little, you know, one-two handballs, whatever it is. But most of his touches are that impactful. It's always, you know, he's always slicing someone up with a kick or whatever it may be. I feel like you're going to have to just start sending someone to him because we've seen in – in the first preseason game, well, the only preseason game, Collingwood played Hawthorne and they tagged him. And yeah, yeah you could see the impact that they had on the game. Since then, yeah, no one's tagged was, him and he's freaking dominated. He was uh, he, he was playing mid in that game, wasn't he? I think he was floating between yeah, mid, wing, bit of halfback. Yeah, because I feel like now he's playing majority halfback and they they use him a lot. Like he's he's their number one player that they go to every single time. So... Every time someone takes a mark, he's wrapping around or he's getting ball because um, he does have really good skills. I feel like he does yeah. have really good skills. Right up there is the best in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Most no, I mean, yeah, he's obviously dominating and, and getting plenty of the ball. I feel like I, I personally, that's why I probably would say that I wouldn't tag him is because I feel like you can put work into him pre him getting the ball or when he does get yeah. the ball to sort of make it not as impactful. Like, if he's just yeah. allowed to roam around and do what he wants, then, yes, he's going to cut you up. But if you actually put pressure on him, then maybe that can help. Obviously, not putting a full tag in, into him, but put the pressure on him to then maybe turn it over or or um, not make that right decision that he might make when there's no pressure there. Either way, mate, he's flying. He is absolutely mm. dominating. What about, um, you know, the last couple of weeks we've done the mids and the forwards, and I told you that, you got to give me a a a, a, a start bench defenders. and cut three defenders, three best defenders right. in the league. Okay, so I think one of the best defenders in the league is in my team, Harris Andrews. I reckon he's yeah. one of them. Well, there you go. That's your pick. There's one. Um, who else have I got? Throw a name up there. Uh, Jacob oh, Weedering. There's yeah. Darcy I was going to say. There's, I was going to say uh, Jake Lever. I feel oh, like yeah. the way that he reads the play and he's very impactful, um, can come yep. across and help, can use the footy really well. So he's another one that I'll use. And who do I say? I would have said one of the McCartan boys, to be honest. Like, I feel like they're impactful. Well, say one. Uh, well, Paddy's obviously out at the moment, but I would say uh, one of the McCartan boys. So let's just say they're both one. So I'm going to start Harris Andrews. I'm going to cut yep. uh, Jakey Lever and bench one of the McCartan boys. Not bad. Your turn. Not bad. Uh, I'll, I would start Darcy Moore. Yep. I think, um, yeah, his ability to impact, like in both in the air, and he's, he's a very good ground-level player considering his, his size. Um, I reckon I'll bench Jacob Wiedering. <laughs> I just think he's just rock solid. 
Very rock yep. solid. And my cut would be Harry Andrews. So they're my top three, though. Right, so they would go. be my three. But there's a lot of good defenders out there, and they're, they're key defenders. So next week we'll do the, the high half backs that uh, they get bulk pill and are, are really just there for a starting position. <laughs> yeah, then like you just uh, roam, then you just roam free after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shake hands with your opponent and then run away. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, you, um, you touched on a little bit um, before, but you, you said you're obviously excited about this week. You're playing the Giants down in Canberra, um, mm. and it is uh, the Anzac Round, which is extremely exciting. We love playing um, Anzac Round. Um, when do you guys head down there? When? Um, when you go on and and yeah, talk us through what you think, what you're feeling. You know, the Giants are playing some good footy. Um, you know, how you guys go down in Canberra. Um, yeah, talk us yeah. how you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as you touched on, we're going down there. We head down there Friday uh, morning. So I think we're going to do a captain's run down there. Uh, fairly sure the weather is going to be pretty good. We're playing, as at the Dogs, we'd always play at night. So it's actually mm. a fun fact. Last time I played in Canberra was when I did my shoulder. Remember that? That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I remember. Remember, we went on like the four k hike the day of the game. You made me walk for like the day of the game four k's. Yeah, because yeah, we the went morning to the, um, shrine, the shrine of remembrance, mate. It was mm-hmm. it was a good moment. I thought that was very nice. Yeah, we actually saw. A, I think there's a there's a road there named after you, wasn't it? Trelaw Street is, or something. Oh, it was not named after me, but I'd like to think it is. But it's not. It's there's a Trelaw Street, but it's not Trelaw Street not after me. But no, we are. We're heading down there Friday, so captains run down there, and then um, looking forward to playing against the Giants. I feel like they've obviously got the win last week against the Hawks, but all their games this year they've been very competitive, and they haven't been blown out. They haven't lost games by you know a big margin. It's always been close if they have lost, and they've won some pretty good games as well. So um, expecting their best, and obviously got some great talent on their list still and in their team. So uh, as I touched on, Tom Green obviously being out. Um, is a big one, but I know that obviously uh, I think they're talking about Harry Perryman maybe coming back in, so he'll obviously fill that void and um, potentially lock one of our mids down. But who knows? Uh, we just got to expect their best and and really bring the pressure and and hunt like we did last week against North because I feel like if we can do that, um, then we can get our forwards in the game and our our high defenders can can uh, you know read the play off that and obviously take some intercept marks. So. It's going to be an interesting one. I think it's 4.35 or something on Saturday. So I'll be able to watch your game on Friday night, mates, and uh, hopefully you guys get the win because that means we're going to get the win. So I'll be I'll be cheering you. Yeah, I hope so. What about yours, mate? Your Friday night over in Perth. Um, tell us about the, the build-up. You've obviously – you're over there now, as we touched on earlier, mm. but tell us mm. about what you've done and how the week looks and obviously leading into the game. Yeah, we played on Saturday and then um, – we had a couple of appearances on the Sunday for, for Gather Around and then we headed here yesterday, got in here um, yesterday, Arvo, and had a bit of a, um, a kick and a catch out at the park, or at the footy oval and um, did a bit of recovery and, and weights and whatnot. Um, you know, the whole point of it is obviously, you know, there's no point really going back to Melbourne and then having to leave a, a, a day or so later. So, um, yeah, and also getting the group, Group together, and and you know what it's like being in a footy club. You you like travelling away together, and um, you know building a bit of camaraderie on the road, and you know especially after the back of a what was a tough loss for us. Um, you know it's nice being around the guys, and you know finding some extra motivation around each other, and, and spending a day off together, and 
um, you know, being in a diff- different state, not knowing anyone, it's kind of, um, you know, the, a nice to be able to be around each other. Um, you know, obviously I have a main session tomorrow and um, the boys have, uh, you know, are really keen and, and ready to, you know, really attack this game. Um, the way we have the last few weeks, I feel like Cody Waitman coming back into our side um, added extra spark and he looked really good up there. Um, there was a funny moment that happened with him on screen. Yeah, where is wearing a loose jocks, which is quite funny. But um, uh, yeah, he uh, he uh, he's been going around bragging about that. But um, yeah, that was quite funny. Be, I'm sure he'll be wearing skins this week. But uh, in all seriousness, he um, you know, he he added a, a bit of spunk for us up forward and something that we've been missing a little bit up forward. And um, you know, I feel like you know, yes, we lost on the weekend, but there was. You know some great moments in the game, and um, we still defended really well, which is you know, what we're priding ourselves on: being able to defend really well, making it hard for teams to score. But on the flip side, we want to be able to, you know, be aggressive with our own ball movement and go forward, and um, you know, really challenge opposition defenses. And um, you know, fingers crossed, we get a, you know, no rain here, which I don't think we hear in, in beautiful, which I don't think we will get here in beautiful Perth. It's been um, beautiful conditions today, and it looks really nice going forward. So. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get the ball zinging around a bit and, um, you know, play some good footy and an attacking brand of footy because, um, you know, we're, we're going to be coming up against a very hostile crowd. You know, we played in that elimination final last year where, you know, we've, we've both spoken about how it was, you know, for me it's right up there as top three largest crowds I've ever played in front of. Couldn't hear each other out there and obviously being a final, but um, we know it's going to be hostile and off the back of a 3-0 win this past week, they're, they're going to be up and about. So, um, you know, we, we love being able to travel and, and do that. So we're going to look forward to, you know, playing on a Friday night, which is a prime, slot, prime time slot, but um, putting our best foot forward and hopefully getting the job done. Um, just really looking forward to it. But, it's, yeah, it's been nice being here and um, just being able to relax a bit and had a day off today. So, you know, T.O. and I wandered around the city a bit. Um, he went and bought his, uh, his missus a nice little Apple Watch, which is nice of him. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it's, been, it's been a nice little build-up. Um, looking forward to the game. You are uh, you getting in a nice little tan over there, or or what? I saw you in the shorts. Nah, no. Nah, this I um I try and avoid the sun uh, for now. <laughs> I think from now till about uh, October, I try and avoid the sun because what's the point? Because even if I do get a bit of a tan, you go back to Melbourne, you're just going to go white again because uh, it's just <laughs> always cold there and rainy. So uh, it doesn't really matter. But um, no, nah, it's nice to have a bit of sun here. That's good. That's good. Uh, are you going to hit up any of the hotspots that we went to over the over the years? Um, well, I was thinking about calling the uh, the Dunkley clan over here. I know a couple of times we've been over here. We've caught up with your family. and uh, I was going to say I should ask them if they're going to your game. They should come and support you. Yeah, I should. Yeah, they should. No, but I think by the time the game's done, I'll be um, I'll be raring to get home. Got to get home to the dogs. Griffin and Sonny, got to oh, get yeah. home and uh, see them. Would have been away from the house for a couple of weeks, so – what about you? There'd be um, some bustling Canberra hotspots there. You'd be getting new, yeah. Well, I can't remember what coffee shop we went to last time we were uh, <laughs> we were there. I think there's one just down the road, but uh, oh, I don't remember. I've I've actually got a couple of my family members going, so a couple of uncles and um, might be going as well. So yeah, looking forward to obviously seeing them pre or post game. Not too sure yet, but yeah, looking forward to this week, mate. Obviously, uh, as you touched on, it'd be nice to get a, a couple of wins for the both of us, but. We'll uh, we'll move on. First round of uh, the NBA Finals. Let's talk about that. A lot lots happened. I'm uh, pretty keen to hear your thoughts. NBA playoffs. It's um, 
very amateur wording by you, NBA finals is a difference as playoffs in the finals. Sorry, mate. Clearly show I'm the NBA fan and the NFL fan, but um, <laughs> no, it's been a, a good day. After after uh, our game on the weekend, um, as you know, night games don't usually sleep. I, don't, I never sleep after night games. So the first game was actually at 2.30. So I um, I stayed up and watched the first half, which was um, which was uh, Brooklyn v. Philly. Um, yeah, the first round's always uh, – there's always a couple of matchups where they're, they're not really that realistic of – being close, and um, I feel like we've seen that a bit with the Philly and Brooklyn series. They're they're two 0 up now, but um, you know it's exciting because the last two weeks, as we touched on with the NBA, it's boring because you know players that people haven't heard of are playing. Players are playing for roster spots. Mm. It's just boring brand of basketball. Where now it's really cool. I think what's been sick is being able to see the Kings play. The Kings um, they're, they're they're now currently two and zero. They've they've gone two and up against the the Golden State Warriors and. The atmosphere in Sacramento looks unbelievable, and we've got a couple yeah, of diehard Kings fans here in in Crozzi and, uh, and and Tommy Liberatore. Um, they love their uh, they love their Kings boys. So it's um, we're a couple of boys that are up and about here. So it's been good. Yeah, it's been good. Oh, what are, what are your thoughts on the the Lakers matchup? I feel like they're going to get it done. <laughs> yeah, I think now with Ja Morant, he's obviously now hurt his hand and he's out, and they have Memphis haven't been playing that well. A lot of their wins came from earlier on in the season. Um, and then obviously with the Jamarant stuff, they kind of were, were on and off, and you know weren't playing that well. Dylan Brooks is just can't can't deal with him. Actually, can't deal with yeah. him. Dylan Brooks. I think LeBron and the Lakers will win that series, which is good because you know I I I've said that they won't win the first series. So I'm, I'm eating my words a little bit here, and I think um, yeah, watching that you first game, I think they'll win. Yes, I did. Yes, yes I did. But um, I think they'll win. So do you reckon the Kings are going to get through instead of the Warriors or do you reckon we'll get the LeBron and Curry matchup? Steph's never been down 2-0. So in his whole um, playoff series, he's never been down 2-0 and come back and won. So I can't see that being broken. I mean, yeah, the Kings are flying. I feel like they match up really well against against the Warriors. And, and you know, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson aren't the Draymond Green and the Clay Thompson involved. I feel like now that you've said that, that uh, Steph Curry will just come out and do something that he's never done before. Yeah, anything I ever do is jinxed. Anything. <laughs> anything I ever do, the, the opposite happens. <laughs> uh, oh, don't if be you're like a betting that. man, you, not, you do not bet with me because, you know, it just won't happen. What home game would you want to experience right now or tomorrow? So we're just looking at the, the, the games that are going on now. I think right now the Kings, watching the Kings, just probably because the their fans haven't seen it in – 18 years' time. That's probably the reason why. What do you What do you think? Yeah, there is something about that, isn't there? Like if you haven't been there for a long period of time, it's sort of like what uh, – I know Carlton didn't make the finals last year, but Carlton supporters last year were very up and about pre-finals about mm. potentially making it, and they were just going nuts. Even Collingwood like yep. last year when they yeah. got through the prelim, um, just going off their heads. So. Yeah, the Kings, I'd probably pick the Kings too. It just looks like a sick atmosphere. Yeah. And they're playing, obviously, Golden State, who are uh, reigning champs. So It was polar opposite to the Milwaukee Bucks. They, If you watch that game, which I don't know if you did, it looked like just a normal regular season game. And mm. they obviously lost. I mean, Miami have a bit of momentum going in because they haven't missed anywhere. The Bucks have missed, you know, a week of basketball because of the playing tournament. But if Giannis is, which, you know, he looked pretty sore, Oh, honestly, honestly, wouldn't surprise me if Miami can, I don't know, maybe Roll go them. to seven. 
first v eighth, which is you know you don't see that. I don't think it's only ever happened twice, maybe. But um, it'd be unbelievable if they did. And with Jimmy Butler playing the way he is, and Bam Adebayo being, you know, the defensive um, weapon he is, um, it wouldn't surprise me, which I wouldn't mind. Yeah. What about uh, we've spoken about this guy a little bit on here, Austin Reeves? Oh, I think I'm eating my words a little bit again because I uh, he had that breakout game a few weeks ago, and I said, oh, he won't keep playing the way he is. Yeah, um, he did. But oh, he's been, he's yeah. Austin Reeves has been a massive part of the reason why they're winning games. He's just another scorer that they need. He's been unreal. The Lakers, they've really for the first time in in two years, they've actually clicked at the right time. It looks like they're clicking, mm. and, and and they could, as you said, beat Memphis. And then who knows? Who freaking knows? Mm. That's what I was uh, about to say. I feel like they've put all the pieces together of the puzzle, and mate, it'd be pretty crazy to see him go go deep into this playoff series. That'd be mm. that'd be awesome. Not only for Lakers, but NBA in general. It'd be sick to see LeBron back in there and and dominating. Well, they've got a good side of the matchup too. If they win, they play the winner of third and uh third and sixth, which is the Kings. So the Kings yeah. are potentially going to be who LeBron and the Lakers play. And and I'd be more than comfortable to back the Kings to beat uh back the Lakers to beat the Kings. So mm. yeah, no, there's a bit to play out. We have plenty to talk about next week, the NBA with um with uh with our with our episode next week. Mate, I'm still just counting down for the NFL. Would you laugh if I told yeah. you I did another NFL fantasy uh, draft <laughs> this past week and the and the NFL draft hasn't even happened? No. I uh when is that draft happening? <laughs> the draft I think is in less than two weeks, actually. The actual the actual draft, which is don't really care about the defensive linemen or the offensive linemen, just want to see where the skilled players go. Just yeah, so I can so you, manipulate you would, my drafts. You would have done your full list management on every single player that's uh, potentially going to get drafted just in case they, uh, you want to pick them up in your fantasy team. Absolutely. Is that correct? Where they're getting drafted, yep. Which club they're going to, which quarterbacks where. We spoke about OBJ <laughs> going to the Ravens, which changes absolutely nothing for me because I don't think he's going to be a fantasy option. I did my uh, eight teams eight teams last year. I only won one of them, so I need to prepare a little bit more to hopefully win at least another one. <laughs> Uh, fair, but, enough. Uh, we, um, fair enough. We're excited about that. But what about the netball? You um, you obviously were were in Adelaide and Tipsy played, and she actually won the. Uh, she was the best. What is it they call it? The MVP? Yeah, no, nah, Tip has been going really well. She's, I think it's her second MVP for the year out of five games. So, um, it was pretty cool to go there and watch her on Saturday night in Adelaide. Obviously, we played Saturday lunchtime, midday, which is a weird time slot actually twelve mm. twenty or thirty or whatever it yeah. was. Um, never played that time before outside of like under-16s or under-18s. But, yeah, it was yeah. good to be able to go and watch um, Tip uh, put on a show and obviously went there with a couple of her friends and families and stuff like that. So it was nice to catch up with everyone. But they beat the Melbourne Vixens who are, who have been flying over the last few years. Mm. And to, mm. I think they won by about 11 or 12. So very impressive um, performance from the, the Adelaide Thunderbirds. And then obviously um, Kimmy and Lara played on Sunday against the Fever. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. I mean, before we go to that one, what about Tipsy getting a footy injury? Now she knows how you feel. Oh, yeah. She had a corky and then she's, like, yeah, ran into the wall or something. She's uh, had a collision with um, Joe Weston and ran into yes, the, yes. Uh, the signage on the side of the, um, what do you call it? The LED signage. And she split yeah, her knee yeah. open, four stitches, and she was, yeah, she was in tears. <laughs> She's she, she's used to uh, putting her arm around you and uh, making sure you're okay. You have to do you have to swap roles. 
Yeah, we did. I looked after her on Saturday night, mate, and Sunday before I left, drove her around everywhere and made sure she was okay. So still over FaceTime, giving her a few tips here and there, which is nice. Oh, good, good. Yeah, no, we um we obviously mentioned the Firebirds game. Um oh, it's just been kind of the tale of the season at the moment. They uh they're always in the game and then uh yeah, don't uh, end up winning. Um, obviously played Fever, who, as you mentioned with the Vixens, Fever are always one of the best two teams. And um, I think we outscored them like by eight or nine in the second half and ended up losing by two points. Um, I guess you take that as a positive and move forward with Kimmy. But um, as you know, mate, you just support him and, um, you know, Kimmy uh, wears her heart on her sleeve and gets frustrated as anyone. If she's with me, she's definitely someone who gets frustrated because I get frustrated. She's the exact same. So... <laughs> Um, you can imagine the phone calls we have, you know, when I don't win and she doesn't win, or the lack of phone calls. Um, but um, <laughs> just nah, don't talk. Hopefully, yeah, yeah exactly. But um, now they've got a home game this week. Hopefully, they can uh, chalk up their first win. But um, yeah, I uh, I look forward to seeing her play. She um, as long as she's happy, mate, she's fit and healthy, which she is. It's uh, it's yeah. still a pleasure to watch her play. No, I think the uh, the Firebirds have been thereabouts for the last mm. what three or four weeks. So. It's going to happen soon, and once they find that, once they get the first one, I feel like they'll they'll be fine for the rest of the year. It's just yeah. a matter of putting it all together because their second halves have been elite over the last three mm. weeks. And Kimmy played a bit of wing defense, which was really cool. She um, you don't usually see her there. She played a wing D, and I think she, yeah, was really good in that role. I mean, I'm no netball expert, but she looked really good there. Macy Macy went and played center, and she was flying as well. And obviously, Lazi mm. at um. Wing attack, which was good, but yeah, no, we um we're riding the waves at the moment with the Netty girls. Your your girls are winning, and my one's not at the moment. So hopefully <laughs> they can uh, both chalk up some wins. No other update on anything before we move to the questions. Uh, no, not really, not really. I don't think unless you've got something, mate, that you want to talk about. Nah, there's no, there's not hasn't been any wrestling or there's no F one or anything at the moment. So there's not really much anything to talk about. We'll, we'll go to the wrestling. questions that you love doing, Jeez. and then we'll finish up. I've got the questions here. So we've got Dill Schmidt 05. For both of you, what was your welcome to the AFL moment? Who did you admire as an 18-year-old? So my welcome to the AFL moment was round one when I debuted uh, in 2016. I lined up on Nat Fife at the, like my first center bounce ever in the AFL. And I was he, I think he won the Brownlow the year before because I was like looking at him, I was like admiring him. And then all of a sudden, like, went to body him up and he just, like, threw me out of the way, got the center clearance, <laughs> tapped down, literally ran inside 50, and I think he missed. But, I would, yeah, that was my welcome to the AFL moment. And if I was going to say who do I admire as an 18-year-old, it'd probably be him. Yeah, right. That's a good one. He's He was in his prime. And, I mean, Absolutely. he's still playing and his best is unreal. But in his prime, he's right up there as one of the greatest players I've seen. Um, oh, I think there's a lot of moments – yeah, one that really sticks out to me was early in my first season. It was well, it was about round sixteen, so it was my first season. It was probably my tenth or so game. I actually had a role on Paddy Dangerfield. He was playing for Adelaide at the time, and um, Choco Williams made us made each like a lot of us players. So myself, Dylan Shield, Toby Green, Steve Canelio. There was a lot of us had to do roles at certain points in the season, and um, I had to tag Dangerfield. And uh, boy, oh boy, was that a long day. That was a long day. He, um, that was, you know, he had, that was before he consistently was the best player in the league. That was where he'd flash always how good he was going to be. 
Um, and I just remember how explosive and powerful he was and it was something that I was just like, man, I wish I could be like this one day. Um, but, yeah, that was probably, yeah, that would probably be the one because I remember, again, similar to the Nate Fife, what you just said, he was just so powerful and he just burst mm. away from me at a stoppage, which was just, yeah, I just think, wow, this is crazy. Nah, that's good. Good question. Um, one here from Zakaya. Uh, Dunks' favourite Nike Dunks. I've got a few here. <laughs> what are they? These are called. Yeah, you wear those, uh, don't you? Yeah, these are called the Fruity Pebbles. These are a new one. These are pretty cool. But I've got, what have I got? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 Nike Dunk shoes just sitting next to me. And um, are they actually your favorite? Or is that because you CBF getting any of uh, uh Nah, they're probably, the colorways are probably my favorite at the moment. Um, I don't mind the off whites. Uh, the Habibis are good too, but yeah, there's a few there. The Paras are actually <laughs> love, good too. You love these your ones. shoes. <laughs> these, ones, these ones are nice. Yep, you love your shoes like you love like I love my NBA jerseys. Yeah, they're a bit dirty there. You'd be worried about that. Oh, I'll get them. I'll get them cleaned up, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, deluxe clean. That's uh, what you're doing. What about the dunks you got me? The grey and white ones. Yeah, they're nice. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they're cool. All right, next question from Whisper Pommy Wright. I thought it was Whisper Nikki Dacos there for a second. Yeah, um, that would have been cool. How's ads liking the mid-time now that Dunks is gone? <laughs> <laughs> I love how that question commonly gets asked where it's not really that different from from last year. It's actually not, it's not because I played I, I played probably 50-50 last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, and the only thing that's a little bit different is I – I tend to cut more center bounces, but other than that, it's been pretty much the same role. So, yeah, um, I can't really answer that question. It's just the enough. same, really. <laughs> Next one from Brody Reed: Who can kick further? What would you say oh, your you max can. kick is? Depends on how the groins are feeling this day and age and the hammies. But at my best, probably on the run, I could probably kick 50, 60 maybe. Probably just sixty. I reckon you'd have me on the run. Yeah, I'll on the run, maybe. On the run. Yeah, Seti, nah. Like, I got probably just 50 with Seti. I'd have to, like, wrap around and, yeah, like, yeah. really unleash. But you, you'd probably yeah, beat me. Too. You've got those Andrew Dunkley legs. <laughs> those Andrew Dunkley legs. <laughs> genetics. Yes, genetics, mate. Gifted. Gene- nah. uh, genetically gifted. No, no hard work involved. That's all right. We'll just say <laughs> that it's all genetics. <laughs> Oh, no, that's that's good. That's all I've got, mate. Is there anything else you want to say before we finish and uh, we hopefully lock up a couple more wins this week? No, nah, mate. I'm all good. All good from my end. And uh, It's been good. Well done. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast exclusively brought to you by the Aussie American Aces, as we've touched on. If you haven't done this already, please subscribe to all Aussie American Aces channels. Follow all social media accounts so you don't miss a single thing when it comes to Mine and Dunks podcast, the Ads and Dunks podcast. Thanks again once again for listening. Make sure you tune in, follow us, and thank you very much.